0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It is December 18th. It's the Wednesday Night War podcast brought to you by Fightful and FightfulSelect.com. FightfulSelect.com is our premium service. It gives you news, additional podcasts, Q&A shows, a little bit of everything. Today we broke the news of Killer Cross, which we will actually talk about, talk about briefly at the top of this show. Uh, we revealed that his deal with Impact is up. It will not be rolled over. Uh, I have a little bit more on that as revealed on FightfulSelect.com, but let's introduce our panel for tonight. Talking AEW is Mr. Warren Hayes. Warren, how you doing? I'm
1: doing really what, well. Uh, um, what what's
0: that? Well, you're so over there smirking.
1: <laughs> well, because, because I'm, I'm sort of looking at myself and I'm saying, you know what? I thought I was going to be in the holiday spirit, but I, <laughs> I've been overtaken.
0: Yeah, Uh, we are also joined by. uh... (laughs) Explain yourself.
2: Well, you know, I I like to bring out the the big guns as we get closer to. uh, Is your audio
0: still so good? Do you have the mic like underneath the? No, I
2: don't. It's actually it's it's wonderful. This uh, this I could wear this all night. I won't, but I could, and you'd still be able to hear me.
0: Well, we've got NXT and AEW to talk about, but as I mentioned. Impact Wrestling and Killer Cross parted ways. If you want more Impact Wrestling coverage uh, via podcast, FightfulSelect.com, the Weekender podcast. Steven Jensen does a great job. But Killer Cross had been trying to get out of this deal for over half a year, uh, dating as far back as May. He last appeared in July. It would have been a real bad look, Warren, if Impact rolled over his deal just to do it. FightfulSelect.com also... We had the news, we thought exclusively. Impact, like, secretly put it out on their website in a one-line thing, I guess, right before that. But we can exclusively report no, no com- no, uh, compete clause in this deal. He's free and clear to go where he wants, Warren. Does this move surprise you? Uh, that they released him?
1: Uh, no. I mean, this is something that Impact had to do. They are, uh, they, you know impact is in a weird position where they have to uh, where they have to rebuild some uh, they have to get back some goodwill from the fans i think that hanging on to killer cross just for the uh, just for the sake of hanging on to him and being petty about it just it wouldn't have been a good look moving forward i think this is fantastic and wherever he ends up he is going to do extremely well because he just has all the tools to uh, to make it big wherever he ends up
0: Big dude, can work a variety of styles. Had someone, when I put big free agent hits the market, sarcastically say, oh, he's not a big free agent. Top five visited article on our site this week. That, that like, uh, in a matter of, uh, of 20, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on Killer Cross kind of emerging into this market where he's going to have a lot of suitors?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the kind of guy who who could be of great use to somebody like AEW who needs Oh, Ring of more- Honor. Ordering of Honor, i mean, I, I to be honest, Warren, I've kind of put them to bed in my mind. Like they're wow. they're they're not a serious contender for anybody, or shouldn't be, until we figured out what the hell is going on with their management style.
0: I had somebody say, What do you think about a villain club featuring Marty Skrull, Luke Harper, and Killer Cross? And I was like oof. Oof. Yep. Oof. Well, we are going to cover NXT first. Big happenings on that show. Alex Pawlowski had the pleasure of covering that. Alex, uh, a big show sandwich by two title title matches.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, just to, to make sure I'm not looking too ridiculous when I'm talking about uh, NXT, I'll take this off. And that that's better. <laughs> that's that's much better.
0: You you uh, have the blur function on your your Skype, so. mm, it's,
2: it's, 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 uh, there we go right there. Okay, so uh, no, this this was uh, a a. a Takeover, you know, a mini takeover basically. You have the 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 NXT uh, title, the NXT Women's title being defended. A huge grudge match between uh, Priest and Gillian uh, Dane. Uh, Pete Dunn is in action. Io Shirai is in action. Like it's a it's a major deal. They were they were trying to say, hey, the, come here on Wednesday nights. We're gonna give you the best in ring product in the business. And uh, in my mind, they did not disappoint.
0: Well, it started off with. Finn Balor, Adam Cole, this was very clearly in response to AEW and them wanting to get ahead of the show. And Jimmy put that out there on his Twitter and a lot of people were like, no, no. The thing is, I, it very clearly is. And my problem isn't with them doing it. It's smart. They should do it. But why would, I don't know why people are so dead set on denying that one responds to the other. They do it all the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a direct, they're, they're in direct competition. I mean, this is the, a lot of people want to do, it's it's a overall WWE versus AEW. And I mean, kind of, we'll see, we'll see if it gets to that point. But right now it's directly across on a different network, a major cable network, as well as TNT as USA, and they're doing NXT, which has years of buildup behind it. So, people who are invested in these characters who've been watching XT for years, they, they're going to tune in. And then your job, AEW, is to try and siphon off some of that audience. Yes. And there are also a bunch of people who say, screw everything, WWE. I'm, oh, I'm going to watch AEW trying to screw with WWE's business. And, you know, speaking as a guy who covers Mondays and Fridays on WWE, like main roster programming, and has no <laughs> love for that crap. Um, I can understand why they feel that way. But to me, NXT is a completely different animal. And they're trying to say, listen, Wednesday nights, come here, look at the stuff we're going to give you, and you're not going to stray back to, you know, four goth gimmicks in a night.
0: Warren, any thoughts on that? Because, I mean, obviously you get to switch back and forth between NXT and AEW and the coverage associated with that. So I I consider this panel to be impartial in that regard. Ideally, we would all like for... NXT and AEW do crazy monster numbers because that's good for yeah, us. But sure. hey, if one did ten million and the other did a hundred thousand, I'm not going to be mad about that either. That means ten million people are watching one of the shows. But how, how do you feel about the response and, and people that are kind of like, "Oh no, that, WWE wouldn't do that."
1: Why do why do people stick up for corporations? I don't <laughs> understand that. Like in general, it's just yeah. let them let them do their little thing, and you. As 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 a viewer, as a wrestling fan, just enjoy whatever promotion you like. Enjoy the wrestling that you prefer and sure. let them take shots at each other. That's the nature of the beast. Just let it happen and it doesn't matter and and yes, <laughs> it's counter programming. NXT is on USA thanks to AEW going on Wednesday nights. And it would be on Thursday nights if AEW was on Thursday. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's just how it is. Let's just all be thankful and enjoy the joys of the Wednesday Night Wars because we're spoiled, people. We're spoiled.
0: So, so some somebody got a little upset. Why are you not voting on what show is the best one? Okay, fine. Let's do it. NXT. Alex. NXT. NXT. Well, there, we, there we go. That one wins. Sorry, Warren. You're up second. <laughs> Adam Cole, Finn Balor, this was good, as expected. Uh, at the end we see Johnny Gargano make his return. Now, this man has just quite frankly not wrestled this year very much at all. He wrestled more in January than he did from March on throughout the, like the end of the year. It's, Mm. that's, that's nuts. He's barely wrestled at all, but he looks like he's back in the fold. Alex, uh, tell us what you liked about this match, what you didn't like, and your thoughts on Gargano being back.
2: Well, uh, w- immediately when I when I saw this was kicking off the show, I thought, okay, chicanery, uh, Cole retains. That was that was my immediate pr- prediction, just considering where it was on the match card. Um, I mean, I probably would have thought that anyway, even if it had main evented. But I, I, that was the thing. But for some reason, my brain didn't go, oh, Gargano's back. Sure. So when he came back, it was like, oh, here's a nice little tie-up of a thread that we lost back in November. That, that match, whenever it happens, Finn and Gargano is going to be great. So it's kind of cool they got to put it off. We got a Finn and Matt Riddle match we didn't know we were going to want. And then we got Finn and Ciampa, Finn and Keith Lee, Finn and Cole. Like all this stuff that we, we weren't supposed to get until after Gargano. Now we get Gargano and Finn after all of that's already happened. That's interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how all this goes. And again, these two guys, Cole and Finn, work really, really well together. Uh, they're they're comparable size, so they don't have to worry about you know like you know trying to be like, oh, I'm gonna outspeed him yeah. because they're usually against guys who are bigger than them. They can just have a great wrestling match, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I was surprised there was no Kyle O'Reilly. No Roderick Strong got involved. It was all just, you know, a straight up match, which I thought was kind of cool.
0: Warren, when you look at this and you see Adam Cole retaining, they were clearly setting up Balor versus Gargano. Seems like the natural setup, right? If you got Gargano back, you go right back to Balor-Gargano because that is a ready-made match. Sure,
1: that's that's what they were angling for at the at the previous takeover. So of course you're going to go back to that the minute, the minute the minute he comes back, it makes perfect sense in the story, and you know it also made sense within uh, to you know, it also helped out you know the storytelling in this match and you know, to protect everyone. Ultimately, everyone doesn't no one loses face here. Everyone still remains remains strong, remains a. A certain level of protected Cole gets the win. He's still ready for Champa. Yeah, everything connects. It's work.
0: It just works. I the, I think maybe one of my favorite things about Balor being back is he gets to use like the 1916 way more mm-hmm. often, the Bloody Sunday. Because Alex, you you were with me when I reviewed a lot of Finn Balor matches for a long period of time, and they were real redundant. And it was him looking like he hurt himself a lot more than the other person with. Drop kicks a lot. And then there was a period, I want to say maybe last year where he got, his matches just got really good. And I feel like that started to wane again. That's not the case now. Also, he's more interesting than he's ever been. I, I think he's more interesting now than his first NXT run when he, when he first started. I, there's, there's more of an element of mystery and edge and character to him.
2: Yeah.
1: Because of
0: the fiend.
2: Well, I mean, well, we can certainly, you know, blame it on him canonically, but I mean, the actual answer is that Finn has a lot more fun playing the bad guy. Like, I mean, as, as, as an actor, a stage actor for years who cut my teeth doing a lot of Shakespeare plays, the dirty little secret is that the villains are always way more fun to play. Yeah. Like if, so, so it's just like uh, the, the, because the, the the good guys are all just, man, I'm going to do it for honor. And it's like, that's not fun. It's cool to, like, you know, you know, put two kids in the tower and then have them assassinated just to get back at your brother. Like, that's, that's evil. Like, what? Like, a lot more fun to play. It's Richard Third, dude. Pick up a book. Damn! Like this, no, I'm... This is... It's a lot more fun to get into the... To cut your... To, like, sink your teeth into, like, a really hard role to play because it's always fun to, like, try and figure out how do I make this guy's evil? Not be evil to me, the person who's playing it. It's a lot more fun. So Finn's saying, "I'd rather like try and murder a dude by by nineteen him into the the steel ramp than like go around and like flip my collar up in my jacket. That's not nearly as fun." I think
0: the I think we peaked for tonight. I think we should call it a night. Here. <laughs> Richard III died five hundred years before I was born. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, Damian Priest, Killian Dane. All right, I, I like I like Damian Priest a lot. I am done watching these guys wrestle. Any combination yeah. of them and Pete Dunne, I don't need to see it anymore. Alex, how'd you feel?
2: Uh, it, it was interesting because Damian Priest has always had the um, the top. He's always been you know, wrestling from on top, basically. Be, being the guy who's bigger, gets to throw people around, always gets to, to play high status in all these matches. Now they're giving him these rib injuries. By the way, if you, you know, bruised or cracked a rib a month ago and still you're out here and it's really, really bad, you didn't bruise or crack a rib. You need to get some surgery. Yes. So so I think it's interesting that, that like, they're still playing that up and allowing him to play from underneath. And that's a different kind of priest than we've seen. Uh, This is the closest he's been to a straight up baby face, Um, like getting getting cheers for hitting the reckoning on Killian Dane. That all makes sense. All of Dane's offense trying to hit like all of it is perfectly cromulent professional wrestling. It's fine. I agree with you. I'm kind of done watching these guys wrestle over and over again. But I'm glad the blow off happened. I'm glad it it made sense. Storytelling was solid. The right guy won. Now each guy can move on to the next
0: thing, hopefully. Also, they rarely use surgery to treat broken ribs or whatever. Read a book. Yeah, sorry. Ooh,
2: I, owned. Oh! Someone just got bodied.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: yeah. oh, cry about it. Yeah. Cry. I,
2: mi- I, I, I missed that class in my pre-med.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just so done with these guys. Like, okay, we've seen a hundred matches, eh. Everybody's getting in on some Dusty Rhodes action. Jesus Christ, man. NWA announces hard times, which Cody uh, seemed to advocate. And Jimmy asked me, like, what do you think Cody thinks of all this on the show? I said, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mind it at all because he's never seemed like the kind of guy that feels like he owns the legacy of his father or anything like that. But it was announced, the Dusty Rhodes tag classic, coming back in February Warren, uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic coming back. It seems like a no-brainer to just bring this back. It's something that they can promote, fill up time, do a lot of things with, set up programs with, all that.
1: And it's fun. Who doesn't like a, t- uh, a tournament in wrestling? I'm a big fan of wrestling tournaments, so th- it's always fun. And we always end up with some great matches. I, uh, I argue that last year's Dusty Classic was a little bit of the, was, uh, uh or this year's, I should say, was a little more anticlimactic because it ended up being Ricochet and Alistair Black winning. Uh, and then the War Raiders won. And then like a month later, they were called up. It it wasn't quite as exciting as when AOP won, for instance. Or you know, there, There's a good history behind it. I'm glad it's back. I'll be interested to see what kind of teams they fill up the, the tournament with. But God... It just better not be the Forgotten Sons. That's all I'm going <laughs> to oh,
0: say. Oh, they're gonna be in it. Alex Oh, they're you... gonna be in it. Oh but... yeah. Alex, your thoughts on the Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic coming back.
2: I I'm i I'm super into it. Like I I love the idea of the um the interesting pairings. Like we know who's gonna be in it as far as the tag division. Mm-hmm. Forgotten Sons are gonna win more matches than they should. <laughs> like like it's stuff like that. But like I'm interested in seeing like who they pair up Angel Garza with if it's not gonna be his cousin. Uh, come and slumming it in NXT or something. You know, like it's there, there's a lot of fun stuff they could do. Um, the Dusty Tag Tournament always has f- fire ass matches. Somewhere in the middle, like in the semifinals, two teams. You're like, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, and they just go out and kill each other for like 14 minutes. I can't wait for those matches. They're going to be great.
0: I hope it's a 16 team tournament instead of an 18 tournament, but I could see that them doing eight just because you know they well, assume that the, the go ahead
2: the other thing is that that it's they're on they're on tv now trying yeah. to like fill 2 hours for for exactly. a, they, they, so they if you do a 16 team tournament you can play it out over a couple of months and you, you can like you can do a you can do one semifinal match per week for a month and like really get us into it like build it up like show these guys interacting backstage <laughs> You can do this. Uh, take, a pick, take a page from the you know the main roster stuff. Have a singles match between one member of each team that like kind of builds the anticipation. Make these guys hate each other. Let us see it. Let us get invested so that when so we pick teams we want to see win. You know, like actually as opposed to just like hey, there's this stuff that's going on. Like make us make it an event.
0: Yeah, and I mean we've seen some really interesting combos in the past, like Kota Ibushi and T.J. Perkins. Like who would have thought that that would have been one of, one of the combinations that we saw? But, yeah, I, I think the more matches, it, if you've got 15 matches to promote, that, yeah. that goes a lot of, long way uh, when it comes to stakes, in, in my opinion. Cameron Grimes beat Kushida.
1: You don't mess with a guy's hat. You just don't mess with a guy's hat, with a quality hat. You just don't mess with it.
0: Alex, uh, Cameron Grimes is a really good wrestler. No, I'll say that. She does, is a very he, good wrestler as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, this is, this is, uh, this, this, it didn't shock me to see who won, but I was like, wow. Like they're, they're, they're basically, they're, they're. I think they're trying to retcon uh, Cameron Grimes into being the, the actual winner of that breakout star tournament. Yeah, <laughs> They're trying to like, say the, the guy who did win it, we're not going to mention his name ever again. So we're going to try and basically say that that the push we might have given him, we're going to give to a guy who is his polar opposite. Heel, uh, totally different kind of character like this is what we're going to do. Um, and the way to do that, it seems, is to put him in a, in a feud with with friggin Kushida, who like never really hasn't really taken off. He's Kushida. Like, if you watch this stuff in Japan, the idea that he would come to NXT, have a couple of matches, have to go out on the shelf for a while with a broken hand or whatever it was, and then come back and get into, into into a feud with you know some mid-card dude with a vest and a hat and lose the first match in the feud, like, that is not... That would not have been on my scorecard if I had been scoring at home coming into the Kushida time in NXT. But I feel like he's fairly bulletproof. I still believe he's probably going to win this feud. Yeah. But... But like it's cool to like see Trevor Lee, like you know the former Trevor Lee, having these matches with Kushida on NXT, and there it's a, it was a it was a good match, and I I, I think that 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 Tra- Cameron Grimes has a great finisher, that if he hits it in the right way, and to, tonight he hit it really really well, yeah. you're not kicking out of that. Sure. and that's great that they, that he can utilize that as the path, that, and then you can have Kushida basically saying, I took him lightly, I'm not going to do it again, and there's your feud.
0: I think a great way to get Kushida over is just put him in a wrestling ring with Kyle O'Reilly and block out about 15 minutes. And yep. I mean, that's, that's, they have some of the best matches I've ever seen. Io Shirai versus Santana Garrett. This was, Santana Garrett really needed another showing after her last yep. match. Io Shirai is the right person to put that, put her in the ring with. You knew Io was going to win this. So uh, before we talk about the match, I, I had an interesting question posed to me. I can't remember if it was the Q&A, FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. But they said, what would you think about Io Shirai being added to the Kabuki Warriors and then being able to run a free bird team? With Kyrie Sane hurt, it would give a little bit of flexibility. They have the connection via Kyrie Sane. Asuka could do singles. This gives them flexibility to appear on any show as well. And I was like, you know what? I didn't originally like that idea. And then I was like, you know what? Io would fit in with them with their heel gimmick as well. But I'm sure a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about that. If they want flexibility, it's certainly a way to be flexible.
2: There, there's also a an invisible ceiling in the NXT Women's Division. Mm-hmm. Like there, like you, you don't, rec- you don't, maybe you don't realize when Rhea Ripley shows up a few months ago and gets in the ring with Shayna Baszler, and there's that electricity there, and you don't realize that a few months later we're going to be putting the title on her. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. But like. Um,
0: on oh, their next major it, star, right, yeah. right.
2: Io, Io Shirai was in this in this position to be that thing, mm-hmm. to be something huge in NXT, and now I don't want to say she's gotten passed over, but kind of like put in a separate bracket of this of this whole thing, and I don't know where that goes in NXT. But you you put her you put her on quote unquote the main roster. Let Kyrie take some time out of the ring. EO can be can fit in perfectly with that with that tandem, and now there's a trio. You have a female heel international new day that can just run roughshod in singles and in tags. I think it's a fantastic idea, which means they're not going to do
0: it, <laughs> Warren. It's something <laughs> I also brought up on Listen, You Boy. There are a lot of things like the freebird rule that have been done to death within the men's divisions, but have not been touched. In the there's a whole lot of tropes that if you do it from a women's perspective, it's not a trope because it just hasn't been done before, and they've got, got plenty of those. Sure, it it, it it
1: would feel fresh. I was uh, I was thinking exactly about that. It was there'd be there'd be that element of like, oh, we just haven't seen this before, so that would make it instantly interesting. I would like that that dynamic. Um, SW, SJW comment incoming. <laughs> There's the only issue I would have with that is just like this, this very, very low key, uh, low key racist vision of putting all the Japanese women together because they're Japanese. You know, it's like when people start uh, comparing Angel Garza. Oh, you know, he's what uh, they wanted uh, Alberto Del Rio to be uh, just because they're Hispanic. You know, at some point, these connections, I understand where the connections are from, but Angel Garza could also be. Uh, the Finn Balor that they wanted on main roster too. You know, there's a lot of things that you could connect as well. But, but I get it. Like it'd be fantastic. They they they're all kicking ass as vicious, evil, international Japanese women who scream in their language promos that we don't understand and we can only imagine the vile crap that they're spewing. That's fine. But you know there's also that little part of it which
0: kind of turns me off as well. Power and numbers wouldn't hurt them either as a heel faction sure. because you know they already got power and numbers usually when it's 2 on 1, but now they got like Charlotte and Becky Lynch both coming after them. So it would make a lot of sense in that regard. Uh, Alex any any thoughts on the match in in particular?
2: I mean Santana Garrett didn't look as bad as she did in that other yeah. match and it would really really hard for her do that considering yeah. also who she's in the ring with uh but uh, yeah this was this was as expected but it, it's always great to see eo get tv time uh because as i say there's that weird invisible ceiling for the women's division like yeah. i like i said like they had diana Perazzo on raw yeah r- facing Asuka in a, in a great banger and if she got called up to smackdown on friday she'd immediately be the third best woman on on, on that roster on 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 friday she can't get on TV on in on Wednesdays. Like yeah. the 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 NXT Women's Division is ridiculously deep, and I honestly feel like there's so many women there who can't get quite past three quarters of the way to the title that if you put them on either Raw or SmackDown, immediately they're they're vaulting over a lot of women on those shows.
0: So I, I won't rant about the brand split here, but I will say somebody brought up a very good point. Most of the integration has been between NXT and Mm -hmm. Raw, like Chelsea Green, Deonna Purrazzo. I mean, even when Finn Balor jumped, but Owen showed up over there, Akira Tozawa. It would make a lot of sense for William Regal to just drop a tweet, drop a line. USA Network gives us a little more flexibility because Mm -hmm. we're on the USA Network and they want their properties to do better. All it takes, man. Would I think it's really acceptable? Not really, because I know what it really means is, we're lazy as shit. But today, after not announcing a winner on Monday Night Raw, that US title gauntlet match, everybody's like, what the hell's going on? WWE.com posted and said, Andrade won the match, he's getting a title shot in the future. Shouldn't have happened like that, but I appreciated the fact that they made the effort to clean it up. That's all I want. my baseline is to make sense, well, Pete Dunn defeated Travis banks. It really seems like Travis banks is getting a little bit uh, of a push about him at least appearing in nXt to the point where I halfway thought he might have might win this match initially, but Pete Dunn's still getting <sighs> what do you think about this Alex?
2: I like Travis banks I've liked him um you know, since the since the beginning days of NXT UK, um, and I think it's he's certainly a, a, the type of guy that, that that could get a little bit of a, of a push, especially leading up to their you know a Worlds Collide night. I think that you look for him uh, to continue to get these little showcases on Wednesdays, and then in that Worlds Collide night, pick up a, a surprising victory over somebody who everybody thinks should beat him, like something like a like a like beat Damian Priest. Like it'd be kind of like one of those kind of a things, and then and then we're like, okay, great, we did that now. Everybody's gonna tune in and watch uh that show on Thursdays on tape delay, right? Uh, and they're not, <laughs> and it's a weird deal. Like this whole world words collide thing, it doesn't have the same feel. Like the, what what made the great the ones before work so well is because you had guys who were like not only underutilized, just non utilized on Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live that got to come over. And have matches, you know, in, integrate in that way. Yeah. Like Luke Harper's match with Donovan Jijak was just like uh, off the charts good. And that was when everyone was like, Luke Harper's amazing. He was like, yeah, I am amazing. I'd like to go be amazing somewhere else. And it took them a year to like realize that and let him go. But like there's, the World Glide thing is hard for me to get behind because I feel like there's, there's not enough integration of the UK product into NXT for me to like recognize yeah. who those people are
1: especially since they were all on the same team Survivor Series weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It yeah. it seems it seems kind of cheap. Uh we see Dakota Kai interview, sure. Next week North American Championship match as well as a tag team match between Leo Rush and Keith Lee uh and Damian Priest and Tony Nese is announced for next week's show. Sure. Sure. I'm okay with that, that, but we we will not be here next Wednesday. No,
2: no, yeah, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be something fun to to watch on the network the next day because it's Christmas night.
0: (laughs) Well, then it happens. NXT Women's Championship, the 415 day reign of Shayna Baszler comes to an end. I cannot put over enough how well WWE has just fired on all cylinders with Rhea Ripley. Becky Lynch shows up on NXT and quite honestly, you you can't have Rhea beat Becky Lynch. You no. just can't. But she didn't not beat Becky Lynch. Like they, Becky Lynch didn't beat her. And I'm cool with that. A couple nights later, she is on SmackDown and not only does she beat Charlotte Flair, but she beats her with one of the most creative finishes. So good. That I have seen in ages. Saturday night, she ends up beating, submitting, or pinning uh, Shayna Baszler. Amazing. The next night, she comes right back and wins Survivor Series. And she has just had a rocket ship strapped to her ever since. And it's, it's the right thing. She got hot, and they went with her, and they went with her here. This was a very dramatic match, Alex. Rhea Ripley is your new NXT Women's Champion.
2: Yeah, I I I love Rhea Ripley. I make no bones about it. I think she's she's fantastic. Uh I, I, again, I can't believe it's it's ridiculous to me how young she is and and how, how she has an if she wants it, she has a career like she she has like 11 years before she's as old as Charlotte. Like like think of that entire career. only if she wrestles until she's like 34 then she's gone. Like that's and she could wrestle beyond that for all we know. Like it's amazing to me they're saying, okay, you're young, but we're not going to hold you back because you're young. We're not going to make you pay your dues here in the company. We're doing the right thing. Everyone loves you. You've you've gotten over to a tremendous degree. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna push push you here, and also like this is again she is usually somebody who can um, throw her weight around in a match. Uh, become be the dominant one. Even if she's wrestling somebody who's very good, she still is able to, like, basically be in charge. Um, and not in this one. Not with Shayna Baszler, who know, knows how to work limbs and all that kind of stuff. She's got two of her little foot soldiers on the outside messing up things. Like, everything is stacked against Rhea Ripley, but it doesn't feel like the trope of how will Rhea Ripley overcome the odds? It doesn't feel like that at all because of the way she is present throughout this until everything that changes within the match she will actually watch her make decisions change strategies and and do a different thing she's she's preternaturally uh, gifted as, as a performer in the ring I'm very excited to see where her career goes I there's a ma- there's a moment in the match that I loved so much they do they do the old thing of like you're in a sleeper hold we're gonna we're gonna drop your arm and if, if it falls to the, to the to the mat then we got we gotta do the thing and not only does she not drop it she grabs the ref by the shirt and pulls him in. "Is like, don't you dare call this match. I'm not done yet. That was one of the most badass things I've ever seen in a wrestling match. It was so great. I loved all of this. It was a perfect thing. Like The second rope, uh, Riptide, is what finishes. Oh, God, amazing. It's, it's, it's a great, mm-hmm. great move. that would. That's a move that would finish somebody who's been a champ for four and 15 days. And it had great. to be that.
0: It had to be that. After, to. after all that Shayna has done. And I mean... We say four hundred and fifteen days, Warren, but in yeah. reality, it's a yeah. lot longer because of that brief, brief Kyrie run. Like it mm-hmm. like maybe two and a half months, because it was from WrestleMania before that. Shayna has been such a dominant champion, and I know there's a lot of criticisms about people that don't like her style or even the booking, but it all built up to this person, to Rhea Ripley having a moment. Warren, what do you um mean? um
1: Shayna Shayna has Im- she improved dramatically in 2018 she was she was good but then they started giving her a microphone and i think as as she con- and then we discovered that she was a very grounded realistic threatening promo and the more she mm-hmm. spoke yeah. the more Confidence she gained not only on her promos, but it felt like in the ring as well. And she, I've always liked her style because she, as as a female performer in the women's division, she wrestles a style that no other woman does. And we were so used to the four horsewoman style, you know, with a lot of athleticism, a lot of uh, flying spots. She's grounded. She's a grappler. She's a submission artist. So. That in about itself is very different, and she has a very, very different presence than a Charlotte Flair or a Sasha Banks. You know, she's she looks the part. Her booking has always been great. She hasn't always had the the uh, uh, the opponents that really had everything in line to say, okay, this is the one. This is the one we're pulling the trigger on. Like you said, they had that brief stint with Kyrie Sane, but that wove into a larger story where Shannon was like, "Yeah, you got me out an off night, honey. Now, now we're settling this once and for all." Leading into to Rhea is fantastic. Rhea Ripley, just what was it like two years ago? She's fresh faced and smiling in the May Young Classic, and look where she is today.
0: Yes, ah, uh, it's uh, fantastic stuff. So it's such
1: a great story overall.
0: I, I like to compare the Shayna Baszler stuff, like especially when she started to get the microphone to Bobby Lashley in TNA, like Bobby Lashley was always good. Like you could always count on him to do something solid, but then he got the mic and when he talked, he was like, you know what? I'm the baddest motherfucker here. And I Mm -hmm. know I'm the baddest motherfucker here. And anybody that even thinks about thinking about being the baddest motherfucker here has to go through me. And I don't care if they do. That's yeah. that's the vibe I get from Shayna Baszler, and the thing is, it's rooted in a lot of realism because <laughs> former UFC fighter, pioneer. People, don't, there's a lot of wrestling fans that do not understand that she is a pioneer of women's MMA, like so important. Same wrestling lineage as Josh Barnett, former UFC champion Kazushi Sakuraba, who was a pro wrestler beating the living shit out of the Gracies in Japan, like it. It's so real. Don't let her UFC record confuse you. Yeah,
2: um, I, I do want to like. There, there's a. I don't want to get get out of this without without giving Shayna props as being like so great for so long. Yes, uh, as as this heel, but she's found another gear to it. There's there's film that 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 went around this weekend from a live event where she had just beaten Candice LeRae, and some little girl in the front row had a, had a replica title and was a big Candice LeRae fan. And Shannon gets out of the ring and the fan stops and says, You don't deserve this. You don't deserve this. Like meaning the title. Yeah. And she's like, I don't deserve what you think she deserves it? And it's like, she says, You did this to a child. You did this. Gets back in the ring, puts Candice back in, in the cure in for the clutch, and then while choking Ooh. her, points at the child and says, yeah. You did this. You like that is like otherworldly level of healing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose that just because she's lost the belt.
3: That is such good shit. What's fantastic? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers: hands off my. Reward.
2: Call com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Though is the parents who were there just gained something fantastic. You go brush your teeth, or <laughs> Shayna chokes Candace out again.
0: <laughs> so uh Rhea Ripley, champion. It it was the right move, it was the right time, it was the perfect build. It was just so good. And the fact that they were able to integrate Raw and SmackDown into it effectively, that's pretty rare, man. To, to have Vince McMahon's attention for a full week to not screw <laughs> something up over, over multiple shows? Do you all remember when Charlotte showed up on Raw one night and lost in three minutes? Like back when she was in NXT? Like, mm-hmm. that was them promoting the upcoming NXT show, was having Charlotte drop a match in a few minutes. That ain't the case anymore. Uh, so, awesome. Rhea Ripley, uh, new NXT women's champion. Also awesome. This Friday, you all can go to youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, because our post SmackDown show will be streaming there. I'll be out of town for a wedding, but, uh, Kelsey will be joining Warren. It will be on fightful.com. But do us a favor, go over to YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, subscribe to his channel because until we get this YouTube situation sorted out, we're trying to get our channel back. We're, that's, that's the priority. If not, we're probably gonna start a new Fightful branded channel. I'll still keep this channel going, so uh don't unsub to me, bros. <laughs> but my God, uh yeah. Wow, NXT, fun watch, a fun show, and now we've got All Elite Wrestling. Warren Hayes, you had the benefit of covering All Elite Wrestling, which again, I didn't think was a bad show, it's just NXT had a had an outstanding one.
1: Well, I, I actually thought, my, my my cliff notes here, in-ring action was solid from top to bottom. Yeah. Storyline, the angles, that's where it starts going a little yeah. like this.
0: The creative isn't that creative. That That's how I feel. Omega it's, and...
1: Oh, it's, it's missing some marks. Yes. Let's, let's, let's get into it.
0: Oh, there are plenty of marks involved in this. Omega and Hangman Page take on the Lucha Bros. Now, a report, not a report. Chris Jericho was on um, Keeping It 100 recently and said that he held a meeting backstage about the lack of tag team rules and the lack of tag team psychology. And singled out, not only singled out the Lucha Brothers, named them on the podcast. Like, and quite frankly, I love that he did that. He's holding those Mm -hmm. dudes accountable. We've spoken before about Pentagon and like how maybe he's a bit overrated. How did you feel like the tag work was one week after this story emerged?
1: Well, <laughs> kind of felt they might have been giving no Chris the old hey buddy, you know. Well, you can you can come call us out again if you want. Ah, uh, it was a bit all over the place, yeah. wasn't it? I, it it really was. I felt I felt like the like uh Page and Omega were doing their damnness. That that was fine, but again, you know, at some point I was just I was sort of slapping my head. I was like, they're all over the place again. I don't know, man. It felt it felt like a counter challenge to Jericho's challenge. That that's
0: kind of fucking annoying. If you want me to be honest, it is because you can say what you want about Jericho, and is he obnoxious sometimes? Yeah, but does he know what he's talking about? Yeah, and he knows what he's talking about because he's done it at the highest of the highest of the highest levels possible,
1: and everywhere, Sean. Yes, not just in WWE. In New Japan, and not just this run here in New Japan. Before he got to WCW, and in Mexico, he has been everywhere. So when Chris Jericho tells us, you know, it's not lucha rules to run around the ring willy-nilly, because in lucha tag team rules, you still have to you still have to tag your partner in. That's how it goes. I have a tendency to believe him a lot more than dudes on the
0: internet. WrestleMania headliner. Wrestle Kingdom, uh, might as well be a headliner. It was a co, co main event type of thing. AEW champion. The dude knows what he's doing. And it's very frustrating when you see that and people are like, yeah, well, no, we're not going to really take that advice. That's just, it, yep. I've made my feelings about Pentagon's work pretty known. It's, it's hit or miss at best, at best. Meanwhile, Omega and Phoenix, two of the greatest workers in the world, and Hangman Page will get there. Uh, I, I thought that really last December he was really rounding rounding it out, and I don't think that the time off did him any favors because I feel like last year, final battle, that's when it all came together. I think it was him and Jeff Cobb, and it's like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. couple of main eventers if it goes this way. But Lucha Brothers end up winning after the match. Page and Omega start shoving each other, and then Pack is on the screen. <laughs> he opens up the door, and Michael Nakazawa's in there. And the image of Pack going Shh, will be used very often. Uh, he does not get enough credit, Alex, for his facial expressions. Pack is so good at that.
2: He's so great. I I love that guy so much also he doesn't get enough cover for this he's one of the best sellers in the world like like hey i want to say this um there was a match on aw dark that featured orange cassidy if i'm if i'm, if I'm not mistaken for the first time like actually doing stuff full speed like really mm-hmm. full speed uh in a hands AW. out of
0: pockets yes
2: yeah Wh- why is that on dark and not on the actual show like because everyone's interested in this guy, Orange Cassidy, like it feels like you put uh, whatever. But he hits a is, does a tornado DDT, spinning DDT to Pac, who like sells it up, like bridges up, and like cricks his back, like he's just been paralyzed. He's so good at that kind of stuff. He's so good at all the little things, on top of being an incredibly athletic and brilliant performer. Like you could you could you could sluff off on all the other little stuff because you could just. Rest on your laurels as being so athletic that you could do flippy-dippies. But he says, no, 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 I'm going to do a little stuff too because that's fun for me.
0: So Omega hits the bricks backstage and gets attacked by Lucha Brothers. But Hangman makes a the save. Then they start looking for Nakazawa and Pack. Then – or go ahead, Warren.
1: No, I just wanted to say that uh, clearly I think we found, we found a connection here. Pac, I think, is Krampus. I think it's confirmed. <laughs> Makes a man disappear during the holidays?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he
1: looks the part too.
0: Yeah. Cody and Darby Allen defeated Butcher and The Blade. I, I did find it curious, back-to-back tag matches. That's usually a no-go. I, I would have avoided that. But uh, I like that Cody ends up getting the win with, with a cutter off the rope, something a little bit different, switching mm-hmm. it up. Cody is still one of the most over people in this company, so I, I don't think he needs to be losing all the time. Because, quite frankly, I think that's something that maybe hampered AEW a little early on, Warren. It seemed like the EVPs were taking some Ls just to be like, look, see, if you're the most over, you're the most over. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if yeah. you don't. That's the situation,
1: you know. Uh, I, I honestly think that – none of the evps have lost any luster because they decided to hand over a few uh, a, a few wins yeah. uh, to other people they really haven't cody is over like crazy the bucks still are everyone everyone still loves kenny omega so it's fine uh, i you know i like the idea of he and darby allen uh being in a team here tonight I, I, I thought that it was just an appropriate amount of rub for for Allen who got uh, who who got uh, uh, who who got a lot of great offense and got a nice uh, got a nice uh, hot tag as well he even got uh, the coffin drop in um, this this was this was fun it was a fun match I you know and there as opposed to the first match where we felt that the tag team rules were all over the place here, there was a really nice moment where Alan hits a, he hits a code red and he covers, I think it's the blade, but the butcher, wh- whoever is the legal man and is on the apron and the referee's like, can't call it. So, and Alan's like, God damn it. So uh, you know, there was a bit of that continuity here as well, which I, which I really liked. Uh, and they've established as well that
0: no Vienna's- Lucha brother would ever allow ref to do that. <laughs> that's for sure,
1: and and I think they they established here as well that now Cody and Darby are going to have another match on the January first show because of the fact that they won tonight as a team. Now they're going to try and tear each other apart. So that that that's good. Hopefully, it doesn't go to a to a twenty minute uh, time limit draw this time.
0: We see Awesome Kong dominate Miranda Alize. This match went as long as it should have accentuated the positives, hid the abundance of negatives. Sure.
1: Smokes and mirrors. That's fine. That's, that's what we needed here. They, I mean, if this is the kind of thing that they do occasionally have to do with awesome Kong, if they're continuing, if they insist on continuing this storyline, this angle, um, they have to, they have to have her do this. And this is this was perfect. Like you said, Uh, Kong is, she's a venerable presence. She's, undoubtedly a gift to the locker room in terms of experience and coaching helping out the talent backstage for sure she's brilliant she's a great actress too <clears throat> but her best years are behind her and if you're going to put her in the ring it has to be in these types of circumstances where you're just doing smoke and mirrors and she looks good and the matches are yeah. extra short
2: but you're gonna need so much smoke and so many mirrors you're gonna be like have a a three-alarm fire inside a disco ball factory, like seriously.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Is that
2: eventually th- there's going to be some kind
1: of blow off. There's going to be she's going to have to be involved in some major match at some point. Otherwise, they wouldn't be building her. It's I don't know what the end game is with all of this, but it's if if it's they not have,
0: inspiring confidence. If they have her crushed jobbers for months to lead up to someone retiring her, I'm okay with that. Like that's. I mean, the like,
2: yeah, the idea is that that I, I would hope that they're actually going to get some actual wrestlers to join or at least like force them to join and then they they can do well, like the actual wrestling part. Yes. And then Kong could come in and like hit people with a with a clothesline that would be it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Oh boy. So <laughs> let, let's go ahead and roll that into the AEW World Title Women's Match uh top contender Dr. Britt Baker almost didn't make this show. She was having airplane troubles for for quite a bit. I don't know if you guys saw that. Stuck in Orlando for a while. I think she finally made it at like 4.45 or 5 p.m. and got there and was able to get to the show. But Chris Thatlander, they're going with the hot hand, and it's smart. There are things I don't necessarily... I'm not in love with a bunch of cartwheels early on because why wouldn't somebody just kick her? But I do like that Baker went after her very early in that. She didn't just sit there like... Huh? A cartwheel? Wah! (laughs) Chris Statlander was the right person to win this match. Uh, We'll talk about the after, the post-match momentarily, Warren. But what would you think of this?
1: I thought this was very good. Uh, Chris Statlander has been – here's the thing. This is where you start comparing apples to apples here. Both Britt Baker and Chris Statlander have been wrestling for three years. Mm Mm-hmm. But look at where Chris Statlander is. Yes. And do you know why Chris Statlander is like that? It's because this year she wrestled like 140 matches. Yeah. Just this year, she wrestled like 80 last year. Brit has does not have the experience or the the multitude of uh, of of matches within different promotions with different women that would have probably put her in the same place as Statlander is tonight. We had a good match. I thought it was solid. But again, and w- I, we can't underscore this enough, Sean. We do not not
0: like Britt Baker. She Correct. has tremendous upside right. and she will flourish. I flat out like Britt Baker. I, I, sure. I think that she was a very, very good signing because I think that if AEW would have launched and not signed her, I think NXT would have already signed her. Absolutely. Oh, she was
1: she was just put the position they wanted her to be put in was not ready. She was not ready for. Sure. Not just yet. So they're pivoting. They're trying, they're getting new signees. They're getting solid workers like Statlander. Statlander had an outstanding match on dark with B. Priestley. Like mm-hmm. I mean, outstanding match. So again, tonight we just see that Brit. Britt needs some polish. She's she's got she's got the she's got the essentials. She's got the reflexes. She's got the the naturals. But she just needs some polish. She's just not there yet. Smart move to 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 go forward with Statlander. Match with Rio should be fun. Match with Sheeta
0: would be even better. Yeah. Uh, so after this, Brandi Rhodes comes out, and she. I believe this is where she says. Is this where she had said that the microphone didn't work? Yes, sir. Yes, and and it definitely Tony Schiavone. It for sure worked. So weird, but she asks Chris Statlander to join the Nightmare Collective, and uh, Sadie Gibbs ends up having to come out and help her. But this angle ain't good, and not only is this angle not good, there are. Three concurrent join so and so angles gimmicks whatever on AEW TV this week and I had some people trying to play semantics. Well, actually, Chris Jericho isn't genuine. I don't give a shit. He is saying, John Moxley, join inner circle. Meanwhile, we have Brandy Rhodes coming out every week. Join the Nightmare Collective. Meanwhile, we're lucky if we get through 20 minutes without some subliminal join the Dark Order thing. And I just know when I get on Twitter, there's going to be somebody that says, oh, well, the Dark Order didn't want anybody to join this week. Well, there aren't an awful lot of fucking billboards about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, it,
2: it and that's not that's not to say also like not only do I have like three different join things, but you also have like the, the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny or their own is, little like their own little doth thing. Darby Allen is a goth thing unto himself. Like, it's just all this stuff all over. Do you have your, there's, there's all these Venn diagrams between these acts that are just one single concurrent circle. It doesn't.
0: Yeah. It's it's like, do you remember when there were so many goofy? ass? now these, I, some of these are goofy ass gimmicks. Do you remember when there were so many goofy ass gimmicks in like 95, 94, yeah. who stood sure. out? Yeah. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, yeah. Yeah. Bob Backlund and Diesel. Diesel was the most gimmicky guy because he didn't use his real name. Yeah. That was a. That was about it. Those were the top guys. That that was. Those were the people that stood out back then. Yeah. the the biggest like successful gimmick gimmick around then seemed like it was Razor Ramon. And hey, cool. That that was one of the characters that worked. Otherwise, you had the one two three kid who got his gimmick because he. Hit a one, two, three on someone, but it it's so much just join, 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 join. No! I'm clearing my spam folder. <laughs> Unsubscribe. I don't even want to see him there. Yeah. The,
2: the, the problem is that that if you if you if you took out other other competitors among that whole thing, like there's there's a there's lots of great stuff. Like some like for example. Like I'm, I was watching that the the Cody and Darby versus the Butcher and the Blade thing, and I was like that. Like I'm sticking to myself, there's a really cool like angle of the bunny being fixated on Darby and wanting him to be her plaything and making her two cohorts like beat him until he d- agrees to join. But that's that's the only angle you can run with that. I mean, a, a, a feud I want to see in 2020 is Darby Allen versus Thunderdome Teddy Roosevelt. I need to <laughs> see it in 2020, but. I, but if they're doing that angle, they can't do it at the same time you're doing Brandy Rose coming out and je- join the Nightmare Collective. And Twist Jericho saying to everybody, hey, you, you, just so I don't have to fight you, will you join the inner circle? Like the join, 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 and the goth, 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 you got to like pick one act that gets to be that thing for now and then switch everybody else to something else or put them on the shelf for a while, whatever. Just too much.
0: Yeah, it is. it is exhaustingly redundant, and I I have a great amount of respect for a lot of the people that are involved in AEW and involved in the creative process of AEW because I've spoken to them both on the record, off the record, all that stuff. And I know they're creative people, and they're creative people who just – who understand that continuity is important and understand that difference is important. But like I said, sometimes it's better to not try to stand out because then when everybody's trying to stand out, they don't anymore. Warren. Just to close it off, I think I, –
1: the Nightmare Collective thing is it's trying too hard. That's also part of the, the issue that makes it very, very awkward to watch because Brandy is just laying it on so thick that you're it, – it just – She's good. She's super charismatic, and she can she can talk. Yes, it just is. makes my it just makes my skin crawl a little bit because it's so over delivered. And like you said, that that's her. No, that's the thing. And because she was such a good good part of the Cody Act, you know the the overall the American Nightmare Act in and about it itself. And what was that always about? It was just like oh, success, just being a big shot. I think we there would have if she had done like a female version of the corporation, I think that would have got over much more easily. Have her come out uh, dressed to the nines, you know, like a professional, her hair done up perfectly, impeccably. There would have been something much more interesting there. Are you kidding me? Awesome Kong like in a suit, like you know, with a tie, a little loose that <laughs> much more interesting visuals, you know, much more badass. This is in the whole scheme of things, even without the Dark Order and Darby Allen and the Butcher Blade Bunny, it's it, it's very, very cringe. And I'm I'm I've I've given it, I feel I've given it all the chances it could to win me over, and now they they just have two strikes against them in my book.
0: Whew. So we saw a vignette, a video interview with uh Jungle Boy and I think it was Jim Ross. I can't remember if it was Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone, but I like this. It was kept short. I mean, these, these quite frankly are not Jungle Boy strong suits. So I think it was a good idea to keep it short. He has a very like almost Jeff Hardy-ish type of charisma. Like you can, you can tell he's somebody. You just might not know what he is when you see that. Although I don't think it's quite there to the level of Jeff Hardy, but I could see it developing there. He takes on Chris Jericho and it goes to a time limit draw. Jericho, once the match restarted and, uh, Jungle Boy rolls him up for a few near falls and then Jericho just leaves. First off, what did you think of the second finish? We'll kind of Tarantino this and go backwards. <laughs> um, I,
1: I, I was okay with like, First of all, I was wondering why Justin Roberts had the uh, the authority to call yeah. the match because, you know, he had ring the bell. and Meanwhile, meanwhile, and,
0: Justin Roberts is over there like, join my announce team. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then Aubrey Edwards actually counted a pinfall. So she was involved. So I was like, oh, OK. But then Chris Jericho started walking away. And then I'm like, wait, so is he being counted out? Like, what's the thing? So it felt like. It felt it was official, but then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah, because the referee, if if Edwards had not done anything, and she was like, "No, I can't. I'm not calling anything here," then you'd be like, oh, "Okay, Jericho's just he's just taking the piss." But no, there was something here, and it just sort of it sort of fell
0: flat uh,
1: in and about itself.
0: I know it's – I know it it's overdone but i really do think that AEW is missing an authority figure because when you're starting a promotion you have to establish guidelines and regulations to your new audience to this to these people that maybe don't know is this going to be like ECW where where everything goes is it going to be like New Japan where you can sit on the outside for 19 seconds then roll back in like how how does that work and i think the issue becomes Almost every company turns it into heel, heel, heel type Mm of thing. I I don't think Tony Khan should be that guy because I don't think he wants to be that guy. I don't think he's he wants to be an on-screen character. But, you know, I think Brandy could have been that person if they didn't do the Nightmare Collective because I think she would have been really awesome at being, like, the the no-nonsense type of person. Like, what if she had said... Like like the most heelish thing she did was she fined Justin Roberts and Aubrey Edwards for this because that wasn't official. They didn't get the authority to do that. They cannot act on their own like that, type of thing. Like I, I don't want a heel authority figure, but it, it's hard. when Chris Jericho's got to hold meetings backstage to establish the rules. Apparently, more than just the audience need to know the rules.
1: <laughs> you know what I you mean? don't want you don't need necessarily an authority, an evil a heel. You just need an authority figure because like you said uh, finding roberts and 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 aubrey for for making the match happen it's not necessarily a heel thing it's just like no you're not supposed to do that stuff i mean it 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 went a whole it can go a whole bunch of ways ultimately
2: we have an exact example that happens on the same night on a different network yeah william Regal never would have stood for that crap but he's not a heel authority figure. He just understands rules and what should what should be allowed and what shouldn't. And he would have been like, nah, 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 nah. "No, no, 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 no. No. You don't get to do that." And, he, and it doesn't make him a heel authority figure, you know?
0: And he doesn't take over the show. Right. Doesn't take over the show. He accentuates the show. He makes the show better, which he is just comes out and goes, war games!" And yeah. He does. That's right. Which is which is why I'm like, "You know what? If he just if he said USA Network gives us some lenience, and we sent Deanna over there as a, hey, thank you for letting us have that Finn Balor guy. I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. Or thanks for letting us borrow Kevin Owens for a night. Like, I would buy that. I'd buy that. Oh, man. So, oddly enough, after Jericho tucked tail and left, we come back and he's in the ring cutting a promo. Which is a little weird to me. Like, how that all worked. But he says he's gonna give Moxley a few weeks to think about. And I do like that he said, there's no AEW dynamite next week cause it's Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a pouty way to announce there's no show next week. <laughs> <laughs> and I kinda dug that, but he got a little bit of a promo. What'd, what'd you think, Warren?
1: Uh, it, it was a little strange. I did, I, I, I think, in a rare occasion here, I think Chris Jericho had a missed opportunity where he started talking about, you know, how the the inner circle meet, convene in the inner sanctum, which is this huge mansion. And I was like, he is going to pronounce it like Le Champion, right? Le Mansion. And he didn't. And I, <laughs> a, a little bit of me lost faith in Chris Jericho at that point because I thought it was a missed opportunity. But you know what? Look. The the promo was a little weird, but the match, the, the match in and about itself, helped to get Jungle Boy over. The thing is, is that we we knew he wasn't going to win. Like that that was a given. He has a losing record. Um there was no way he was going to pick up a win. I was actually I was thinking the only way he's going to get a win is if Moxley interferes and and you know costs Jericho the win in some some form, but he didn't get it he lasted the 10 minutes this helped establish uh he this helped establish the uh, uh, jungle boy as a star as someone as someone that you can continue to believe in although it's still just a draw that he got it, it, the the important thing is what they do with him moving forward now They have to let the guy start racking up some wins because now people believe in him. Now he's got the momentum. He's got this. He's coming off this big, I proved you wrong, Chris Jericho, you jerk situation. So now he has to rack up some wins. Let him fight Michael Nakazawa when he returns from Krampus land. Let let him rack up. Let him get some easy wins because they're not going to. He's not going to stay special for long if he keeps being in this losing mindset.
0: Let me tell you one of my favorite parts of this show. Uh, them turning a negative into possibly a positive, at least a question mark. Jim Decker's backstage interviewing SCU. And Christopher Daniels is back there and he says, this is the tag team of the moment. Now, he's not a tag team champion. They've established that. No free bird rule. Lucha Brothers interrupt. Now, when Daniels faced, I can't remember if it was Pentagon or Phoenix, he miserably... Messed up a, an Arabian press, split-legged moonsault, whatever you want to call it, and he does not mess up moves. I, I've, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've seen him mess up moves ever. And he told me personally the secret to that was he almost never tries something in minute 30 that he couldn't do in minute 3 or, or vice versa. He can do it no matter when it is. But that Arabian press looked miserable. So the Lucha Brothers are calling him washed up, and it's a direct reference to that. And he goes and gets in Pentagon's face, and then he just kind of walks away. God damn, I love that. I Wasn't that loved that.
1: Wasn't it fantastic? And you can, I could not but. Not draw parallels with what WWE tried to do with Rey Mysterio recently. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's like, oh, I don't know if I still have it. Oh, I don't know if I'm still there. Maybe it's time for me to retire. When you goddamn know that 2019 Rey Mysterio is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. You just have this moment here. This moment of clear doubt in a veteran. A guy, a guy who can you, can you can make a case for being a legend in the business. Having a moment of doubt because he messed up a move that he feels he shouldn't. I think it's fantastic. And yes, yes, it's turning a negative into a positive, And it's absolutely brilliant of them if they move forward with it.
0: I thought with the Daniels thing, they did what they should have done with Ray. They left you hanging. They left you wondering. Um, with Ray, they did almost what AEW did with the Nightmare Collective where they're like, hey, here's Ray. He's doubting himself. He's going to retire. His son says no. I'm like, what? Jeez, let it let it set a little bit, man. Yeah, let Cause it the, breathe, man. The Nightmare Collective showed up. They're like, "Ha here we are. Join us. Get bald. There's somebody here that wants to get bald. Sold." I'm like, <laughs> "My God, what the hell, man? Like you just you just met this girl. Don't propose to her." <laughs> Jesus Christ! So <sighs> I, I loved how they let this unfold with. uh with Christopher Daniels, then we uh, wrap it up. Tag team title match. SCU retains over Young Bucks. <sighs> Dark Order comes out afterwards. Alex Reynolds and John Silver, who they've done at, at least two whole weeks of build on, uh, maybe. Do do like the reveal of like ah oh, they're in Dark Order now. Okay. Cool. Like they just decided, okay, we're gonna job them a few times, then bam, there you go.
1: Well, they've been. It's been a BTE thing.
0: I well, it's, it's it been, is.
1: I know, <sighs> I know, I know, Sean. I
0: know. <sighs> Man, what would you think of all this, Warren?
1: Thought the match was. I thought the match was fine. Uh, uh, Scorpio Sky is. He's so good. He's he's really really good. He does a his cutter into a dragon suplex that he did was so incredibly smooth. Nick Jackson, my god. Nick Jackson is also so incredibly good. Um but I mean the the post angle this is another thing they could have let the dark order breathe a little bit on. You know, they didn't need to have the the full on uh the the full on press here. Um, they could have had just the two jabronis come in and do the initiation uh, in on four guys who just wrestled an entire match. They could have had just, uh, you know, and with Stu and Evil Uno directing traffic kind of thing, that could have worked perfectly. But then what I thought, what I felt was really too much, although I understand the logic of it, is everyone else coming out to help them. And Kenny Omega coming out and Cody and Dustin. But these are all people who are involved in other storylines now. So are they involved in this as well? Is this another storyline that the Elite are a part of? Again, I understand why they ran out because the Bucks were getting attacked. The Elite sticks up for each other. That's fine. They underscored the fact that Adam Page was there. So it furthers that little bit of storyline. But it just felt... It just felt like too much, just some overwhelming – it just overwhelmed us at the end with too much people, too many people, too much stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, Omega Omega already has two storylines, a branch with Paige and Pac. Is he being added in here as well? Stu Grayson went directly after Kenny Omega. I'm like, "Whoa, this is great. But then also at the same time, I'm like, wait a second.
0: I'm, I'm okay with, with multiple people doing multiple things like that, especially if they're helping out their friends. I think we've been conditioned to where it's like one person cares about one thing at one time for too long. But, uh, I just, I just didn't think the angle was good. My, my, my,
2: one of my biggest gripes about what they're doing with, with, with Roman in this, in this Baron Corbin thing is that he's supposed to be the locker room leader, right? But nobody comes out and helps him. Nobody. So I actually really liked what it was like. Cody and Dustin were like, "Hey, they're beating up our friends." And I also loved that SCU and Young Bucks were like back to back in the ring. Like, not like we had a match, so we hate each other. Therefore, so we're uh, like in, in WWE. SCU. Where Dennis Robin and John
0: Claude Van Damme. Have,
2: that's right. Um. Uh. In, in WWE, SCU would definitely have like dipped out and not been a part of this thing. Because they're 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 obviously going after the young bucks, like whatever. Yeah, I thought this was this was effective for what they were trying to do. Um, it was it was just really funny to have like all these these are basically the same guys, except they're wearing masks that were the security dudes who Roman like knocked out with one punch. Like, come on, guys, like these are these are the foot soldiers. You're supposed to just be able to hit them once and they're down for the count, right? Isn't that how that normally works?
0: That's AEW dynamite the show ends with uno sticking his hand in the bloody mouth of matt as they chant we are one all right
2: no it's not true you are like four or five all of your acts just meld together and become (laughs) the the nightmare collective dark order thing.
0: (laughs) make sure you guys leave a thumbs up here and subscribe uh do me a solid if you subscribe to warren hayes that would make me very happy but if you subscribe to Fightful Select, it would make me a little happier. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Alex, tell the people what you do there. Uh,
2: uh I I uh, I do uh, sour graps on Mondays and, and Fridays where I uh, my blood pressure spikes because I'm really angry at the OC it's having my editing another match. Companion. Versus...
0: <laughs> I get my late-night editing done and I listen to you bitch about stuff. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah.
2: Follow me at Alex at
0: Alex Sauergraps on the Twitter. Warren, what you got going on, man?
1: Uh, I'm back. Uh I'm I, I'm actually going to be on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes tomorrow evening for my weekly uh, show, non fightful related. But then on Friday, the post SmackDown show, as Sean said, is going to be on my channel. So subscribe, join us. I'm gonna have Kelsey. She's she was on the uh the show a couple of weeks ago. We're thrilled to have her back.
0: It's gonna be exciting. And follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Subscribers of Select, keep your eyes out. The uh, collector's edition of Listen Ya Boy, which is set to air on Christmas, will air early on Fightful Select, as will the show that I'm filming with Denise tomorrow, actually. We're just shooting the shit about theme songs. You all love that so much that we were like, hey, let's do a one-off episode. It's going to premiere January 1st in place of Listen Ya Boy, as Jimmy will be out of the office. But uh Fightful Select subscribers, get it early. Until next time, guys. We're out.